pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny, episode 280. Today I'm going to chat with Luke Cuenco and Jon Snow about everything from SHOT Show and discuss the implications of the ATF's newly dropped final rule on braces. I am your host, Abel Flannell, and Luke, can we just say we survived another SHOT Show? We did, um, but one thing that is integral to the SHOT Show experience for me didn't happen this year, and uh, I was, missed you I know, this year at the show. I know, so I know it actually hasn't been that long since I've had you on the show, but I was thinking, one, okay, who got around SHOT Show? Who's the biggest horror that I know that got around SHOT Show? And I was like, definitely Luke. And then also, yeah, I felt bad because I didn't see you at all, and so I was like, okay, this will be like catching up, and it's like a win-win, you know? And then yeah. I had Jon Snow on because... He's just great talking about politics. He also is keeping up to date with like everything that, you know, people were talking about that was released at SHOT Show. And I was like, hey, win-win. Not to mention, we literally just got back from SHOT Show, which is probably why you and I, we sound a little, you know, as you said before the show start, you think you have kennel cough, which I was like, okay, I thought that was for dogs, but (laughs) I get it. Because I actually spent all day, I got home last or the night before at like 1 a.m., and then I spent all day yesterday, like in bed. I like ordered freaking DoorDash, ate some candy in bed, watched movies, and I was in and out of sleep, and it was great. Yeah, same. I I just got back from shot last night at about nine o'clock, and uh, fast forward twelve hours later, and re- recording a podcast about it. So <laughs> <laughs> work hasn't ended yet. Nice, but okay. Before we start talking about the show, I just want to say so this is horrible. I'm, it's hard for me to concentrate because Peach is oh, on my lap I, and she's just I'm like, ready for this. Okay, so Peaches might be pregnant. Oh, wow. Yeah. You didn't get her uh, her spade. Well, I was going to. And then this year just kind of got away from me because over the summer I was like showing my house. So I didn't want her to have to go through, you know. Yeah, have uh, the medication and have stitches and stuff well, while you're away. And then if people were coming to see the house, then I'd have to like pick her up and, you know, put her in the car with me yeah. and leave the house. So I'm like, okay, let's just wait until I got settled into the house. And I feel like only now have I gotten settled into the house, but it's just been kind of a crazy like last six months. And so she just turned one on the 11th. And the vets always ask me, they're like, oh, has she gone in heat yet? And I was like, I don't think so. And anyways, picked her up in the evening and then woke up the next day and I noticed there was like some blood on my bed and I was like, what the hell did I cut myself? And I'm like looking. And then like, I take the blankets off and there's like spots of blood everywhere. And I'm just like, ew. <laughs> this is like TMI. But anyway, so I don't know now I've learned so much about dogs. Like, so I'm thinking, I'm really hoping that like it just happened. And if that's the case, she may not be pregnant because she's been hanging out with this little Corgi for the last four days. Oh, wow. That'll be an interesting combination if it does happen. No, literally, they're not cute. They're called (laughs) chiggies. And they literally look like obese chihuahuas. Okay? I'm like, teaches. (laughs) if you were going to mate with somebody, couldn't you have mated with somebody cuter? I didn't realize you... She has questionable choices in men. She totally does. I mean, just like her mom. Okay, we get it. We're not going to point fingers here. But I'm like, did you have to go for the short, stumpy ones, you know? Well, so what's the plan if you do end up with puppies? Because I know Bob Barker is extremely disappointed that you didn't spay and neuter your pets. 
Yeah, that's true. I didn't. <laughs> I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah, just for those of you who don't know, that was a really old "The Price Is Right" reference. Yeah, it's very old. He's yeah, I show with that. I actually paused for a second and was like, uh, "That's right." I kind of forgot about that. Uh, so, well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Peaches and I were too young for this. We can't. I don't know if we could go through with this. And then also, so dude, dealing with a dog on its period is really fucking gross. Like. I ordered diapers for it and for it at this point, I'm like, peaches, you're an it. <laughs> I ordered diapers for peaches. I'm taking her to get groomed actually right after the show. Cause I'm like, okay, maybe she'll be cute and fluffy again, but and then maybe get some disposable diapers there. But I don't even know how to deal with this if we're being honest. And it lasts like a month. Like, did you, I thought maybe they bled for a few days and that was it. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I've always had my my dog spayed. But, okay, so uh, I'm pretty sure. Really good. I'm pretty Go sure ahead. everybody who listens to the show probably has no idea. I don't. I don't think that a lot of people out there. So that's why I'm not only we're we talking about guns, but we're also talking about dog periods here because I yes, think dog periods, animal husbandry, as it were. <laughs> I think a lot more people need to know. And I'm telling you, right after this, like when it's all said and done, like she's definitely getting spayed if she's not pregnant. I called the vet yesterday and they said that we could wait a few weeks and then give her x-rays and see. But yeah, talk about, you know, just throwing some knives in the fan. Didn't really leave, see this coming. Can't leave home for just a few days. People I know. get too rowdy and I'd had someone ends up pregnant. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm just like, I'm not looking at peaches the same way. I'm just like, oh, you're ruined. You were so cute. And now you're like a woman. <laughs> oh, don't be so rough oh, on her. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to see it in different eyes. But okay, so... Let's go back to SHOT Show. Smith & Wesson. Already? Yeah. I, I think everyone's on over, but it's like, okay, before I lose all my listeners, we're going to talk about guns. Smith & Wesson. So they were actually the first people that I heard dropped the 5.7, the M&P 5.7. And I actually didn't know they were doing this. And apparently it wasn't really planned as well. Like they weren't sure if they were even going to release it at shot or not. But I'm pretty excited for this. I think, I don't know, it was probably like a year, year and a half ago when, John, I think you and I, we talked about, you know, I'm like, yeah, a lot of people are jumping on that bandwagon and coming out with five, seven guns. And I mean, there's still like a handful of it. Hopefully, the only downfall is we were really hoping with all these other manufacturers coming out with different guns chambered in 5.7 that there'd be a lot more ammo production and it would drive the prices down because I think least expensive round so far is still like 70 cents a round, which is pretty expensive. There's more jumping on that, though. So I don't I know. So then we see that come down. There's something weird <laughs> going on. Announced it? Yeah, but no, there's there's something weird going on with ammo and I. I need to look into this more, but right now, Fioki is the only ones that are making 5.7 ammo. I don't know if you guys see that. Yeah. There's something going on, and I didn't want to nitpick. Well, Federal has a couple yeah, of they're Ameri- their American Eagle uh, is Yeah, but they're not making it. And I'm not going to start like any rumors or say anything that I'm not supposed to say, but right now, I will say Fioki's the only one who's making it, and I don't know what's going on with that, but... Hopefully well, that changes. There is, there is some good news. AAC announced it that shot. So that they are making five seven. Yep. Okay, that's good. I know a while back the I don't know if it's like the the patent or the the rights or the IP to the five point seven by twenty eight millimeter cartridge expired, and that's how yes. Federal got into the game. 
because previously you could only get 5.7 by 28 ammunition through um, FN Herstal. Yeah. So yeah, that's an interesting development. But I mean, the fact that there's more five, seven pistols coming out this year that, I mean, like, you know, you were with me at NRAM, Ava, and then we saw the Rock 5.7 come out from PSA. Mm -hmm. So people, I think people are turning on to the, or warming up to the idea of 5.7 being a uh, a more practical cartridge than than when it was first invented back in the 90s. Yeah. Or 80s. So, I guess it was late 80s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know when it came out, actually. But let's talk about, so the MMP 5.7, everyone that shot it at range day, I didn't go to range day because I would have had a flown in like, they did it like Saturday night or something. And I didn't come in until Monday. And I was like, I'm not trying to stay like all week at SHOT Show. Um, I've done it before and it just burns me out. But the people that shot it, they said that it shot super well. I mean, it was almost like shooting a water gun. There's virtually like no recoil. It's gas operated, uh, locked breech, rotating temple barrel system, comes optic ready. It does have the half by 28 threaded barrel, uh, single action, flat face trigger, and it holds 22 rounds. And it comes with two magazines. I think it has suppressor height sights and MSRP is six ninety nine, which is, I mean, if you think back to the FN 5.7, which I owned back in the day, and I think I paid like $1,200 for it. And I was so excited yeah, about it. Pistols. I was like, oh, I was like, yes, look at my gun. I ended up selling it. But I mean, it's definitely when you think about like, you know, I mean, six ninety nine, and that's MSRP. So it's going to be less than that, that gun stores are selling it for. So that's not bad. The only thing is, is just, you know, the ammo. But hopefully, as I said, I mean, same with 30 Super Carry, the more manufacturers that come out with guns that are chambered in that, the more, you know, it's going to be in demand. And hopefully these ammo factories just start creating a lot more. So. Yeah. And I, I think that's the the cool thing about the Smith & Wesson 5.7 is that it uses a new operating system like that. Yes. That, that tempo barrel system is really what's working at the core of the pistol to make it so light recoiling. So when we shot it at range day, I was kind of surprised. But uh, So you know, what were you? So if you've shot it, what were your thoughts? It, it does shoot a lot lighter. I mean, I've handled pretty much every 5.7 millimeter pistol out there, mm -hmm. uh, including, you know, the original FN 5.7 and the MRD to the the new one that came out and this one is the lightest recoiling and it it adds a lot of features that you're missing from other 57 pistols in the industry right now i'll say right now because I feel like the five, seven pistol category is extremely competitive and everyone's like kicking each other's teeth right now for dominance because, you know, it used to be just FN. Yeah. Now everyone's got their foot in the race, but I mean, 22 rounds is what that's a 10% increase mm -hmm. <laughs> over what everyone else has. Yeah. Um, you know, suppressor height sights is a new trend. I think we're also seeing a lot of handgun manufacturers, like everyone wants to suppress a handgun or they're running a red dot on it, which the MP57 mm -hmm. can also do. So it's the year of incremental improvements, I would say. But since this is a new product, I think Smith & Wesson is really knocking it out of the park right out of the gate with yeah. the, the yeah. 5.7. Yeah, they ticked all the boxes on it, you know. Yep. Yeah. And especially with $700 MSRP, like you can't really, <laughs> you can't complain about that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, it's right up there price-wise with where the Ruger was when it came out and yeah. you don't have to change out a barrel after you buy it. So yeah, to, to, to get that's, a suppressor. That's, on that's a big home run because mm -hmm. yeah. like my original FN, I still don't have a threaded barrel on it because the threaded barrels for those are like $400. Dang. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. And this is, uh, you know, Smith and Wesson has always done a good job with at least the last couple of years coming out with handguns that are ready to go 
for accessories right out of the box instead of me having to go and find a barrel or yeah. uh, find a better trigger for it or get the slide milled for an optic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you guys want to yeah. check this out, head on over to smith-wesson.com. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right, so SHOT Show. It's so weird that... So it's weird I didn't see you. I actually didn't really see a lot of people, and it's not like I wasn't on the floor. I actually... I mean, I don't want to say I was in bed by like 12 o'clock every night, because, you know, but I made sure, like, I didn't really party. I did... Some of the dinners lasted a little bit longer, and then maybe afterwards we had a few drinks, but... I made sure to like make sure that I was like on my A game and covered as much as I possibly could because it seems like every year I'm not able to cover all of SHOT Show. And that's mostly because I get stuck at boots or like seeing somebody I know and talking to them. So I guess I did see a lot of people, but I didn't see a lot of people like a lot of personalities and content creators in the industry, which is weird for me. But yeah, there's a couple friends in the industry who I knew stayed home on purpose from SHOT Show for one reason or another. I I know like Mike Jones, Grand Thumb, he had uh, food poisoning Yeah, at the beginning of SHOT Show. And then he just popped up at a a booth next to me, you know? Yeah. So he, he, glad he made it. Uh, Scott from Kentucky Ballistics uh, dipped out this year. He had some, some other stuff going on. So I missed him. I was wondering if he, if he made it because I was like, I saw, you know, I mean, there were some people that, but typically, I mean, you and I, we go to enough events now where I'm like, eh, I'll see you at the next event. You know, yeah, there's, exactly. there's, it's, not, it's not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> it used to be. And I'm like, whatever. I was here with a mission and, you know, hopefully kind of got everything down. But Luke, I wanted to have you on because, and you're from the firearms blog and you guys did before the show started, you said you did like 80 interviews just in four days. Um, yeah, we, we, we typically try to provide our viewers with a, a firsthand experience at SHOT Show since SHOT Show is supposed to be an industry only event. Yeah. You know, you can't just like walk up. It's not like your local gun gun show where you can walk up and just, you know, browse all the guns and stuff like that. So our goal is to find all the coolest and interesting stuff and give everyone the same booth experience that we get. Cause like when we're talking to these people and interviewing them, we're talking to them about those guns and those products. Like you're getting the same reaction we're getting from them. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, we, we cranked out a lot of videos this week, TFB and TFB TV, uh, rolls deep with six dudes and we, uh, we, we get all that content out there. That's crazy. <laughs> okay. So just off the top of your head, like what was your favorite thing that you saw? Uh, personally for me, it was going to be the, uh, the Breda 92 XI. Oh, uh, that's that. Breda's. Yeah. That's Breda's new single action only version of the 92 series and it's it's really good it's got a new trigger it's got their optics mounting uh system which i personally am not a huge fan of their style of optics mounting system but if i know beretta i know ltt or you know ernest langdon's going to come out with with something for it i mean you could probably just take the slide off of his ltt 92 mm-hmm. that has a, a better optics mounting system in my opinion and it would be good to go but for competition purposes the 92xi is pretty interesting for me because uh it it takes a lot of boxes frame mounted safety or 1911 style frame mounted safety whole nine yards nice very cool one thing that i noticed that a lot of people are talking about is hollison's thermal and night vision did you have a chance to check that out uh, not personally, but I, I think it was like the talk of the town the first two days at shot. But from my understanding, it's a thermal overlay system, kind of mm-hmm. like red dot site, which 
is pretty impressive because not a lot of companies do that. I think Steiner is the only one uh, who has come out so far with a similar thing. And that was a couple of years ago and it's also 10 grand. So yeah, with hollow sun yeah. joining the game, I think it gives people a little bit more capability without destroying their life savings. <laughs> right. And it's also, it's so much smaller because then after I looked at that and I, I guess I never really paid attention to thermal or night vision. I mean, just not because I wouldn't want it, but it, because I'm like, yeah, it's out of my price range. And so I never really, you know, but as I started looking at other booths that offered it, it's such a, you know, I mean, the package itself is just so much bigger. So not only did they come out with like a really nice price point, but also something that's a lot more compact. We were messing around with it. I think it had like four different settings on it. Also offers, I think, video recording. And then yeah, it was waterproof, five hour battery life. Oh, they also came out with. Speaking of battery life, they came out with this optic. It's a red dot that it's batteryless. It charges from the sun. It's solar powered. But even if, which it probably is nothing new, I don't know. But even if you put it in a dark, you know, cabinet or dark whatever for two years, it'll still work, which I thought was pretty impressive. Yeah, I don't remember the exact details on how much better it is, but yeah, it's completely from that. And I think they must have super caps or something in there in order to be able to have the power from it. Yeah. And of course, auto law to shut it off. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the SCRS is, I think, the logical conclusion or not conclusion, but it's a logical next step for Holosun because Holosun's always been, you know, with the solar backup stuff, but mm-hmm. now they've have, they have two optics in two different classes now that are completely powered by solar energy. So yeah, I'm very anxious to try one of those out actually for a review because I, looking at it from an operational perspective, like batteries to me are reliable, right? If they run out, I can just replace them. But if the sun is gone <laughs> for a while, who's powering my optics. So yeah. it'll be cool to see whether or not like the a completely solar powered optic can hack it in, you know. Well, uh, also, you know. I mean, let's say end of the world comes and we don't have batteries. Nobody's making batteries. I mean, that's yeah, why, yeah. you know, that would be cool. But going back to the thermal night vision thing. So it ranges anywhere from a thousand to, well, and up, I guess maybe 2300, but I think it base was like anywhere from a thousand to 1600. But I don't want to quote that because I think, they also just kind of push it out and they haven't obviously started production or anything like that. But I think talking to some of the Hollison reps, they were even a little unsure as the base price, but roughly you can assume it's going to be a lot less than competitors. So that's yeah, cool. Yeah, it, it approaches a, a a price that fits within the norm, a normal person's budget and yeah. talking about the super advanced optic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I heard conflicting numbers on that, but... Yeah. yeah, this one, I mean, I've dabbled and looked at some night vision and thermal stuff in the last few years, and it's come leaps and bounds. And this one looks just as good as some of the really cool stuff that was coming out over the last year, but a fraction of the price. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. is going to be awesome. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Also... One thing, so everyone's all like, you know, showing like the folding guns from uh, B&T and then Magpul, which I think is like another year out before they start releasing that, like the suitcase gun. But I did find, I don't know if, I think I found kind of a diamond in the rough, like that nobody else really saw because they were in the back kind of hidden, but it's called Ounces Pistol. And I posted a video on my Instagram. Oh yeah. The little 22 LR uh, folding pistol. Yeah. Did you get your hands on that? Um, 
I did last year, but it was like, I don't, I don't think it was for sale. It was like a fresh prototype. Like their website wasn't even finished yet. I don't think. And I feel like uh, that's they just this had their prototype. <laughs> yeah. Cause <laughs> well, even... it's, it's a complicated design. I mean, if you've seen it, yeah. uh, it folds up into something like the size of your wallet and it holds, I think it's eight rounds or 10 rounds. 10 plus ten, one. 10 plus one. Yeah. yeah. 10 plus one. And it's an odd, it's an odd looking gun. Like it's, it's, it, it's something it like Star Trek or something. Like the other gun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like so. For example, okay, so the mag is on top. It feeds horizontally backwards and then drops the empties out of the bottom of the grip. So there's no like ejection port. It almost folds up kind of like a pocket knife, but like a really thick pocket knife. And it only weighs, I think, three ounces. But then loaded, it's like eight ounces. And I don't know. I mean, it was pretty pretty incredible. The only thing was is MSRP is like eight ninety nine, but I think back to even like the trailblazer firearm, the pivot, how that was like $1,800 and you're like, man, that's, that's crazy. But with these little companies, think about all the work that goes into it and it can't be cheap to design. So they're like, okay, look, like after running some numbers is what we have to charge. And honestly, I mean, you know, we just talked about the Smith and West and the five, seven, that's 699. So like in hindsight, that's really not that bad. 899. And maybe, you know, if enough people want them, it'll eventually drive the price down a little bit. But I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I thought if nothing else, it was innovative. I don't know if I would personally use it for self-defense, but it wouldn't be a bad backup gun. And once it's in the folded position, it absolutely can't fire. So it may not be a bad gun just to kind of like throw in your bag. And, you know, if if nothing else, you needed something, it's there. Yeah. The first rule of every gunfight is to bring a gun, right? So yeah. Exactly. Better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We actually had this on the show earlier in the year when I ran across it. And they've come much further now. You can actually pre-order them now. Whereas before there wasn't any detailed information on that. But it's a really interesting story. The guy who designed this, he designed it specifically with a family member in mind Mm -hmm. who did not know firearms at all. So one of the things about it was he wanted it to be unlike any firearm out there because she was scared of guns he wanted it to be something that she could easily carry you know running that it's not going to be heavy yeah that we'll have to to deploy but not the typical gun that she was scared of because it's been portrayed that way so he definitely succeeded in it being not like any other gun yeah. Um, the complexity of the mechanism is the only thing about it that worries me, mm-hmm. being that it's all out of polymers. Other, I mean, the barrel is basically the only thing that is not polymer. So, right. But they say they've got thousands and thousands of rounds through the ones that they've been testing without failure. So, yeah. It's one of those ones you'll have to get it in people's hands to see how it'll do. The yeah. price point, I think, is what's going to make it. Different yeah. hard pill to swallow. Yeah, but I mean, I mean nine hundred bucks for a twenty-two is hard. Yeah. But at the same time, I think their key market for this thing is not necessarily the typical gun owner. Mm-hmm. It's going to be somebody that is scared of guns. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't really buy that. I think that's kind of actually dumb. If you're scared of guns, I mean, freaking take a class then. Like this is not, I I don't think this is going to solve that. This is like, oh, this doesn't look like a gun. So it's less scary. Like if you're scared of guns, you need to break through that mentality before you even have a gun period. But I think the the main benefit of 
carrying 22 long rifle for self-defense uh, lies in those who are extremely recoil sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, nine, nine mil is the standard, right? Any yeah. quote unquote normal person can handle nine mil, but there's people who, you know, smaller frame persons or those with arthritis, mm-hmm. um, exactly. carpal tunnel, something like that. Shooting a gun is an extremely pain. I have a, a, a cop buddy who lives right across the street from me and you know, his service weapon is difficult for him to shoot because he has carpal tunnel. So, you know, rimfire pistols, things in 380 or larger frame handguns that don't recoil as much are, you know, incredibly useful when it comes to being able to practice with something. And so, you know, I I think there is a a very small niche market for defensive 22 long rifle pistols, Mm -hmm. like the ounce. But I mean, my thing with the ounce is like, it's so small, it has a small sleeve barrel, and it's mostly made of polymer. Can it handle some of, you know, like take Federal, for example, Federal has their new the uh, punch. Yeah, the punch. Well, yeah. not new because it came out last year, but the punch ammunition is actually quite impressive. I've gel tested yeah. it and everything like that. If it can perform out of that short little barrel, then, you know, I think you have something that's viable for, you know, uh, yeah. grand, like grandma, you know, essentially. Absolutely. <laughs> so punch is what they recommend for this, though. So oh, that's okay. good. Nice. It's good because I, I would wholeheartedly agree with that because I do think part punch is a really great defensive ammunition for that specific cartridge. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a quick break real quick. Talk about Mantis. I saw Mantis at SHOT Show. They told me some of the stuff that they're coming out with, which I'm really excited. Unfortunately, I can't disclose it, but I think that they are definitely going to be taking over as far as like being the go-to, you know, company for dry firing devices. um, They're making bullets a real thing now instead of just lasers, right? I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. I was like, I didn't get that memo, but uh, did you have a chance to stop by their booth at all? I did. Uh, I stopped by and wanted to thank them just because they have sent me uh, some of their products, you know, their laser training academy for yeah. review. And, you know, I, uh, I'm fortunate enough to live less than a mile from a range. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't dry fire probably as much as I should, but I did give their laser training academy system a whole, you know, work up and it's there's so much stuff <laughs> in there you, for training. Like I, I, I couldn't even imagine like trying to, get through all of it in in one setting it it's a lot of stuff that you're getting for i think it's 99 dollars is what the membership is for i don't or think not it, even membership. it's not a membership yeah it's just it. a one time right yeah it's like you're, you're paying for the software essentially but it's a great system and then combine that with uh another small a very small company called dry fire mag i don't know if they're at the show this year but i did see them were, actually yeah those two products together make that system awesome because you, then you're not having to constantly re-rack the slide mm-hmm. um, yeah. on your pistol. But then they've also got the Blackbeard X, which is really cool for ARs. So yeah, I know uh, they, have, good, they're, good company they have a company and, and giving people a lot of uh, a better incentive to actually practice from home instead of just waiting until they get to the range and, you know, burning their precious ammo, which we all know is still freaking expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. If you guys want to check it out, head on over to mantisx.com. Another thing that I saw a lot of people posting about was the Rock Island 5.0, 5.0. Yeah. And I didn't get a chance to get my hands on it, but looked at some videos of it. I don't know. I mean, it looked a little bulky, but I saw people shooting it and maybe because of that bulkiness and maybe I'm assuming that it looked a little heavy and, you know, maybe it wasn't, but it looked like it was a really nice, like flat shooter. 
Yeah. So I, we, we talked to the boys at RAA on range day. We shot the 5.0. Um, it's, it is an odd looking pistol, but I think the main drive of it, it's meant more as like a competition ready pistol. Mm -hmm. You know, it's got an extra long dust cover rail. It, you know, a fairly light 4.5 pound trigger, which, you know, is, I think it's more close to a duty weight trigger, but the, I think the gold in it is there's, there's no take up on the trigger. It's a straight pull through and it's, it's really smooth all the way through. It's mm -hmm. kind of almost like there's no wall to the trigger. Nice. It holds 17 rounds and uh, it's, and I think it's ready for optics right out of the gate. It, and it is fairly soft shooting. I, I quite liked it. I forgot what the asking price on it was. I think it's around a thousand bucks or something like that, but it'll be interesting yeah. to see because RIA has started dabbling with, you know, handguns. And this is something completely different than they've ever done before. So it'll be interesting to see how it pans out in terms of customer response. Well, they have yeah, something called like the, the recoil system called the Ram valve system. Then John, maybe you can, I mean, you, you're an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> what, so, what does that mean? Let's ask the scientist. Yeah. <laughs> essentially what they've done is so back up just a little bit. So traditionally, Rock Island is known for their 1911s. And that's all that anybody would think of them when it came to pistols. But this is branching out into a completely new design. So they have the new, they call it the Ram valve system. And it's a proprietary new patent pending design where one of the things when it comes to competition pistols that holds them back is when you have the tilting mechanism of the barrel. So you don't have that in this one. It's, you know, straight barrel. It's not going to move there, but they developed this. It's kind of hard to describe, but basically it's a guide rod that is fixed in a little bit different way. And it's got like a tilting mechanism in the guide rod that there's a whole bunch of detailed pictures of it that you can go check out on the patent designs that they've filed. But basically it's kind of like how Remember last year, FK Burno came out with the PSD, but this one, it doesn't have the big weight along with it, but it's got, you just got to look at it. Cause it's not like any other guy. You, you got You got to see this. <laughs> you got, you got to see it. And so it takes up more of the recoil. So it helps make that impulse of the recoil more linear. So it's straight back into the hand instead of rocking the hand as much and lower bore axis. So they've definitely designed it to be a good competition gun. Mm -hmm. um, 4.5 pound trigger, in my mind, a little stiff for that, but yeah. it's the low end of what customers are going to expect for something without paying a premium to have them adjusted. So mm -hmm. um, I, I also, think it'll definitely have a good option starting out there. Also worth noting is that it, it natively takes Seymour sights, which is, yes, you know, anyone who knows Seymour, they're the OG uh, red dot pistol optic. And super important, this pistol, everyone knows RIA is from the Philippines, but they opened a new facility in the United yep. States recently. And this pistol yes. is 100% made in the United States now. Nice. Yes. Um, yeah. Very so cool. an American pistol designed for competition, very reminiscent of, you know, older competition minded guns like the EA Witness, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and it kind of almost looks like the Archon Type B or the. It does. It kind of does. Yeah, or the Alien. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it yeah. definitely looks a little different. But a lot more affordable. Yeah. Um, yeah. so another, I didn't stop by Keltex booth. Cause I, I don't know. I mean, I was like, their stuff's like pretty innovative. There's just freaking weird. I mean, they're definitely different than most manufacturers out there. I'm like always thinking outside the box, but I did see a video of the rifle version of the P50, which looked really cool. And even the P50, I know this has already been out for a little while, but I've yet to get my hands on one of those and it takes the, what is it? The FN P90 mags P90 mags. Yeah. And, ah, it just looks like so much fun. Like, so another gun that came out that's chambered in five, seven and the only downfall with Keltec is like, it's rarely available. They just don't produce that much. Typical Keltech fashion. It takes at least a year to two years before people get their hands on it. Yeah. And then because there's not enough of them produced, even if MSRP is like, let's say $500, it usually sells for like a thousand. Yeah. Because, you know, once distributors get them or, or gun companies, gun stores, they're like, well, we know this is kind of hard to get, so we can charge whatever we want. So in this rare case, whatever MSRP is, I would add at least $200. Yeah. I mean, you're telling me about the product availability. I'm still trying to find an affordable Caltech CMR 30. And uh, I've been yeah. looking for one of those for like years. Now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I used to have one of those actually. Okay. Yeah. I'm, and, I'm, well, actually, when I first started and I was selling guns, it was the Keltec KSG and then the PMR 30. Those were like the two hottest things. And I had like the matching set. I think it was Davidson's that came out with an exclusive where it had like aluminum finish or something like that. And I had those two. And I was like, oh, look at me, hot flex, but I don't have them anymore. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Keltec also brought uh, a new mini KSG out to the show as well. I I wasn't assigned to them at their booth, but I did stop by and kind of peek around. And I think, yeah, they have a new mini KSG shotgun, which is kind of neat. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It takes, I believe it takes 410 shells as opposed to 12 gauge. So, yes. Nice. Yeah. Goofy, goofy thing to do, but I mean, that's that's the kind of energy I expect yeah. and want from Keltec. You expect I know. that from Keltec. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, Keltec is one of those ones that a lot of people, they love to hate it, but at the same time, people buy them because they're fun. Yeah. They, they have, they have peak Florida man energy. Okay. It's right. Just, you know, exactly. Like- <laughs> yep. Seriously. PSA, another company that people either love or hate, but PSA is like really stepping up their game in recent years. I mean, they're coming out with some stuff that's like good quality, but also just kind of thinking outside the box. Or they're bringing back something that, you know, I mean, the STG 44, that was the first thing that I noticed when I went the, there. That is our most viewed video from uh, uh, SHOT Show this year. It has, I think, almost 500,000 views in less than two days or something Dang. like that. It's yeah. it, it, Everyone has been waiting for this recreation of a, a, a not so widely used, you know, like I guess uh, technically the first assault rifle, right? The first, you know, yeah. this, yeah, the storm rifle, but I mean, it's a hot, it's a, I think what I'm picking up from the industry is that everything that is retro is kind of back in vogue now. And so this yes. is perfect timing, right? The battlefield series from PSA is going to be hot because yeah. everyone wants these old surplus guns and they want them to work. You know, they don't want a museum piece. They want something they can take out and they can shoot and have fun with. Yeah, absolutely. It just, and oh, it yeah, looks ret- retro amazing. is very hot right now. Mm-hmm. So hot. And, and this one, I mean, <laughs> There's been a handful of, you know, 22 Plinkin versions that have been created. Yeah, GSG makes a 22 version of the STG44 and it's... But um, 
not very reliable. <laughs> exactly where I was going with that. <laughs> Whereas this, and they're doing it really good because they're doing three modern calibers, 556, 300 blackout, 76239. Yeah. And they're also doing the original yeah. Curves. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Very many reasons to be hyped because. So the only thing is, is unlike PSA fashion, the price is like $2,000. Uh, I think they told us around sixteen hundred, but I could be mistaken. But yeah, it is expensive. I will. Yeah, I will give you. I was that. like, man. I was like, what PSA, about? But... Yeah, it is. Like I was like, everything that you get from PSA is like uh, like a thousand dollars or less, you know. But I get it. It. I don't know. But then it's it's a more complicated mechanism than yeah. the typical AR, though. So yeah. Yep. They also had the jackal, and yes. that looks really cool. I don't really know how to explain it. I mean, it was just like this little tiny, like PCC kind of like. Yeah. The Jackal's kind of um, PSA's offering of the BRN-180 essentially, right? Oh, okay. So you, yep. you you don't need a buffer tube or anything like that. But they also have it now in new cartridges, I believe. If I remember correctly, when I was at the booth, uh, they have it in 762 by 39 and 300 blackout now, which 300 yep. blackout beer on 180 is something I've been wanting to do for quite a while. Yeah. So, I mean, you said it earlier, PSA came in swinging at Chacha this year because I think they had to kick Hop and I out of their booth, <laughs> essentially, because we spent so much time there. They just, they have their new Oracle series as well, which is their kind of like PSA's Gucci AR, AR pistols and AR rifles. Hmm. And what are those? Do you know what MSRP on those are? Uh, I think they're, they're trying to keep them around a thousand dollars, but instead of like, you know, your typical off the shelf, like, you know, M forgeries and, and, and stuff like that, they're giving you guys like, you know, free float handguards, really nice triggers, hmm. uh, B five system stocks and grips, you know, like they're, they're selectively picking nice accessories that, you know, someone who's building an air might want on it there. Yeah. But they're doing it for, you know, a thousand bucks. So they're still trying to keep that budget AR mentality going while giving people better aftermarket parts on their on their rifles and pistols nice are you going to their gathering the it's like uh, I, I probably will be i skipped it last year i know yeah. i had another event going on at the time but the I, i'll be interested to go because last year they had it at the clinton house and i heard it went a lot better than previous years so yeah i heard good things about it um so and i didn't go last year i was invited but i think i am going to go this year because like I said, I heard good things about it and there's lots of other vendors going. And then I just want to get my hands on all these guns that they came out with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they've got so much stuff. I mean, they've got new AKs. I mean, they've got a crank now, which is yeah. something I think a lot of people have been asking for. They have like, yeah, the, like four, four different chamberings for the crank ofs. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a, I think it's again, there's a 300 blackout crank this time and it's just stuff I've wanted for a long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And on the Jackal, they even have a Scorpion Mag 9 millimeter version too. So, oh, nice. I mean, they really can't out swinging. They've got new daggers. They have a uh, new 5.7 rock. I mean, PSA, you know, like you said, love-hate relationship. But, man, they had some pretty cool looking stuff this year. Yeah. And with, remember, over the last year when Remington bankruptcy, they acquired DPMS. Mm -hmm. So they've blended now the PSA dagger with DPMS ergonomics. And yep. the Panther 
that looks pretty nice actually so because hmm. remember I, when the panther i mean so uh, when i go back and think of dpms like when i first got into the industry and i was selling guns it was like bushmaster dpms and like those were like you know the the, the bottom, bottom of the barrel but like the stuff that was like still decent but it was like your entry-level ar yeah and i think it was yeah, like what you sell them for like 500 550 or something like that it's pretty incredible <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's see everyone. what else bond arms so all before we get off of palmetto so aac american armament corporation their ammo company they brought out a bunch of stuff so they have now steel case 76239 we talked about this on the show previously yeah uh, where they bought basically the entire production line from eastern europe brought it over here set it up so they just announced that they are now bringing out 76239 54539 76254 r all steel cased i didn't see pricing on it but it's going to be you know competitive with what you know klashnikov and all of those guys are doing with nice. that so the whole idea is get around the importation bs with you know biden blocking ammo coming from russia yeah mm-hmm. make it here to have a nice steady supply of quality ammo for those ak's mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm really interested to test out their um their 77 grain match grade stuff because you know yeah. uh, i do a lot of competition shooting with ars and it's you know as much as I like my match ammo, <laughs> it's spending. It's, it's expensive. So if AAC is offering me something that's a little bit more affordable, then you know I, I'm willing to try it out. Yeah, yeah. And then five seven ammo. They're doing that five seven ammo I already talked about. So that's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. You know what was it last year that we said it was the year of the five seven, but this year's even better. So yeah, yeah. We're we're just ramping it up. Because Spear came out with a gold dot for five seven as well. Yeah, yeah, they're forty. Yeah, they're forty green uh, self defense ammo. I heard Hornady is coming out with uh, thirty super carry self defense ammo. Yes, I did hear that. Speaking of thirty super carry, that was the biggest hype earlier in the year, and then it kind of tapered off, and I almost heard nothing about it this yeah, year. Yeah, I know. Release any new handguns or no? Any new which I was surprised because I did get some you know, some like it was word of mouth from some pretty good sources that there were going to be more manufacturers, but I don't know. I mean, maybe it takes a little longer than I do know. It takes quite a while to develop, you know, guns and stuff. And sometimes, yeah. yeah, And sometimes these are like in the making for like years, but I was kind of surprised that there wasn't anything like that to come out. I I think we are going to see some more, but that one I can definitely see people taking their time with because it's a higher pressure than typical nine millimeter and it's in that same footprint. So that's definitely one that you want the manufacturers to take their time with and make sure they get it right. Hmm. Yeah. I want to take another quick break, talk about Franklin Armory. I did a booth signing over there, which, yeah, Luke, you could have came and saw me. I was at their booth and you could have got my autograph. Oh, uh, I was I was signing my own autographs. <laughs> I'm kidding. I know <laughs> uh, that was a fake laugh. I know. I know. But yeah, they had, I mean, talk about a company that is just basically telling ATF to go, you know, F themselves, which I appreciate. Yeah, I mean, they have, you know, I was able to check out what is it the new handgun that they came out with that is california compliant oh um, that it's c something 
three something three twenty. Yeah. It's essentially like a P320, which I still don't know if they, I meant to ask them if they like worked with SIG on this, which I'd assume that they did, but I don't know. Check that out. Um, yeah, I mean, they just have a lot of cool stuff in the works. And then when I was doing the booth appearance, I saw a lot of people that I haven't seen in a long time. So that was kind of nice. I appreciate everyone who came by and, and saw me. Oh my God. Also, so I was signing autographs and I used this stupid like silver sharpie pen because that's what shows up best on the pictures that i sign and i don't know what happened but this thing just busted out like all over me i had silver sharpie marker all over my hands it did get on my pants and i was like trying to wipe it off it wouldn't come off and i'm like this is what i'm gonna look like for the next couple days that shot show with silver hands but thankfully after like lots of scrubbing and taking off like a layer of skin it did come off so for future reference Anything that's like alcohol based will help with that. So oh, I hand tried. sanitizer. No, I did. Hand sanitizer. I put hand sanitizer on it. It didn't help. But the, the oh, thing that well. helped the best actually was um, like Lysol wipes that had bleach in them. Okay. Yeah. But either that Actually, or just, you know, upgrade to acetone. Just bring a can of acetone from Home Depot. We even you. used, we had dry eraser or the magic eraser there that, you know, we were, used that as well, which essentially is kind of like sandpaper. So. Yeah. But anyways, if you guys want to check out Franklin Armory, they have a bunch of stuff. Uh, love their binary triggers. Head on over to franklinarmory.com. Don't forget to use the code AVA10. That's all one word, AVA10. And that's going to get you 10% off your entire order. Just a quick thing back on Franklin. It's the CA320. And that one's really cool because it's the first one on the California roster that's a new pistol. And, and it's optic ready. And it's optic ready. I mean, Californians, they got your back. Yeah, absolutely. Foxtrot Mike. Saw my friend Paul over at Foxtrot Mike. Um, I've been seeing it. It's not like they just came out with it, but this is the first time I actually got my hands on it. And they have an AK-15 that feeds from AK Mags, which I actually, I guess I didn't really pay too much attention, but based on the social media, I actually thought it was chambered in 7.62 by 39. I got word that they might be coming out with one that's chambered in 7.62 by 39, but they make some just like really nice looking stuff. I mean, I don't know. I think I should be getting my hands on one and hopefully do a review on it, but... That was kind of cool. It's freaking magic. Yeah. I haven't gotten my hands on one personally, but I have been really impressed with what they've been coming out with. Well, and even their price point, their price points is definitely where it's at. It's like, it's, it's a cool gun and yeah. And the price just is great. They're making nice stuff that people can afford. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Bond arms. What did they, so they had a lever gun, I think. uh, And they brought back some of their old Derringer pistols as well. Yeah, I didn't stop by their booth. So the AR lever gun, it's kind of cool. I mean, some people hate the idea of modern lever guns. I personally kind of like them because you can throw your different accessories on them. And lever guns are quiet to suppress. So to me, I, I kind of really like that trend. So I think it's fun. This one is pretty cool because basically... They don't have a name for it yet because release is still probably at least a year out. But this one, they've designed it to be a lower that'll work with just about any standard AR upper. Interesting. So you've got infinite possibilities really for what you can chamber it in. You know, your standard 5.56, 300 blackout for subsonic, 458 SOCOM, 6.8 SPC. 
those are going to open up options for restrictive states for good hunting guns. Mm -hmm. So they're apparently going to be doing a nine millimeter version too. I'm guessing probably clock mags. Um, It looks like a really fun gun, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the option for, you know, standard AR-15 furniture as well is another big deal. Yeah. Other than the stock, which there's no buffer tube because it's a lever gun. Right. It uses the Magpul SGA stock, which has, I think, a nice angle for shooting. And the lever mates up with that perfectly. So nice. I think it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Did you get a chance to go over to the Canic booth? Uh, I did not. So what did they have this year? Okay. They have their, what is it? The SFX Rival S. That's steel framed that I want to get my hands on and I should be getting it hopefully in the next couple of weeks. But they also came out with the Canic Mete MC9 and it's essentially a micro compact gun. It holds 12 plus one in the flush mag and then 15 plus one in the slightly extended mag. A lot of people are going crazy about this. I so I held it. I wasn't like super excited about it. I don't know. I'm kind of. It was nice and it felt good in my hands, but it was a little bit thicker than most of the micro compact pistols that we see. If anything, I would say it's slightly narrower than like the Glock 26, but fairly close in thickness. But I think I'm I'm more excited for the SFX Rival S than I am for the MC9. But what's nice about it is MSRP is 439, which is pretty good. So 400 bucks, not a bad gun for that Mac capacity Canic's been making some really great stuff. That's been really reliable. So if you guys do like them a little bit thicker, if you like those thick boys, this mm-hmm. might be where it's at, you know, G- dummy thick. Yeah. Well, not quite dummy thick. It's just, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's a medium thickness, I guess it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, you know, a little wider than the P365 yeah. or like, you know, any of your standard, because I think the, the goal for most micro compacts these days is one inch or slimmer. Right. But yeah, a lot of people don't care about that metric. And I, personally think the biggest metric to worry about is the overall footprint of the gun or the length of the gun from the top of the slide to the bottom of the frame, right? Because that's the hardest angle to conceal. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right. I think for me, I like it a little bit thinner because it's up against my body and the thinner it is, you know, the easier it is to conceal versus the footprint. But, but I think for guys, it's probably a little bit different. For me, thickness is a big deal. If I carry anything thicker than a P365, I look pregnant. Yeah. But you're also like, what, an extra small? Not an extra small. <laughs> okay. You do wear men's I, smalls, which I, I don't I've even been know. Wearing, <laughs> I've been wearing medium lately. I've had a youth a 12. I know. No, uh, I can't even, 12. dude, I can't even fit into like a men's small shirt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I can, but it definitely. Well, my boobs can't, if we're being honest, that's what it is. I'm like, oh, I can't breathe. You know, everything else can, but. And suffocate um, you. But yeah, I mean, Jon Snow's also, he's pretty tiny. Luke, uh, I know you like to wear those short shorts. So, you know, that thickness oh, probably, you know, plays a role too. So, uh, yes, but I would definitely like to try out Spiritus Systems. They gave out some very limited edition five inch inseam gym shorts with their logo on it in uh like you know an old school camo pattern and oh dude I, think, I wanted to get my hands on those yeah i i missed out because they ran out but the you know 
commander in chief of short shorts himself, Mr. James Reeves, got a pair. So I'll have to live vicariously through. Yeah, him. you'll be like, what do they feel like? Are they all like silky? Yeah. Yeah. And, are you they com- are they comfortable? I was calling them Ranger panties because I just think it's a funny name. I mean, yeah, they're they're pretty close there. I mean, they're very similar. I got my hand. I mean, I saw the the pair that that James brought back. They're similar to silkies. So. Mm. So I wasn't getting them for me, but my cousin, who is, she's like a special agent in the military. One of the guys that she works with, he asked her, well, it's funny. He actually like, he reposted a video of me and she was like, uh, that's my cousin. And he's like, oh man, that's so awesome. You know, whatever. And so he knew that I was going to SHOT Show. So he asked her to ask me to get him some of those. And I remembered on the last day. And so when I went and asked, they're like, I think we have 4XL. And I was like, fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> that way I could be like, it's better than nothing. You can hang them on your wall, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but they they didn't even have that left. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to take another quick break, talk about Caldwell. Caldwell also came out with some really cool stuff. Their Target stands, which I don't know when they came out with this. I don't think it was like they just launched it, but essentially it has the ability to take the one by two or the two by four, depending on how you want to set up your targets. New steel. One of the steel targets looks like a Corgi. And honestly, it was supposed to be a, like a, a fox. <laughs> Is that, they, but, they came out with that for the ATF. Well, no. Now I'm starting to think, honestly, if that corgi impregnated peaches, I wouldn't mind if it's a corgi at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Is it going to come just, out with like Caldwell branding on it? <laughs> I think it's It's just, actually a coyote, but. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a fox. Well, either way, it no, looks it's like a, it's pregnant. It has like a, a very low belly, but. And then one of the things I'm really excited about is, I forget what it's called, but essentially when it hits, it has this little blinking light. So flashbang. Yeah, that's what it is. And this is going to be great if you're trying to shoot long range with 22, because obviously the bullet's so small, you're not going to hear, you know, that feedback when it hits the target. You may or may not, but you're going to see that flashing light. And that is only like 20 something dollars. I want to say like 29. 29 yeah. Because any long range shooter knows, like, I mean, a couple of different companies have these and the ones that are currently out now are way more expensive <laughs> than this one. Yep. So this is, if this is reliable and it can hit, like you said, if it can detect 22 at really long distances, I mean, you've got, you've got me sold on that. Because, oh yeah. Especially for the cost. Yeah. Yeah. Tw- uh, 30 I mean, bucks. I mean, yeah. why not? Can't beat it. Yeah. 30, 30 bucks. It works for, I think it was supposed to be like 3000 rounds on two batteries and supposed to be able to detect five, five, six hits at a thousand yards, which Mm -hmm. that's pretty low energy at that point. So, I mean, it's going to get your 22s at, you know, 600 yards easily, which I mean, I love shooting 22 that far, but most people can't shoot a 22 that far. So, yeah, I think it's going to be key for those who are wanting to get into like rimfire PRS or NRL and, you know, want to have like, you know, the equipment that everyone else does, but this will get you in the door, allowing you to make, you know, test out those longer ranges for yourself for 30 bucks. Yep, totally. If you guys want to check it out, head on over to caldwellshooting.com. Don't forget to use the code gunfunny10, all one word, and that's going to get you 10% off your entire order. Let's see what else. I know everybody, you know, was all over like Instagram right now. You just see the the Zev Magpul flashlight gun and then the B&T, the, the folding flashlight gun, which I'm uh, curious. How do they, yeah. How do they even they almost look almost the same to me. Am I wrong for thinking um, that? They accomplish the same thing in slightly different ways. So 
TFB TV, we had James and our camera guys head over to Switzerland to check out the BWC with oh Carl gosh. Berger himself. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And that little PCC is uh, quite interesting because it's uh, it's quick to deploy. I mean, there's a few steps in between deployment and getting it ready to fire, but it also adds a layer of safety to it because the magazine has to be inserted and it has to be charged. But I mean, when we're talking about a backpack size gun or even smaller, really, yeah, you know, yeah, and I mean, uh, it looks like a big flashlight. Yeah, it does. And uh, for those who don't know, the BWC from BNT uh, stands for because we can. Oh. And that's the, that's the only reason they're doing it. <laughs> I like and, it. And, and I guarantee you they'll come to market before the Zev Magpul. Yeah. Yeah. They and said then, they were still like a year out, I think, or they were hoping for like the fall of, you know, 2023. But I think it's yeah, probably and, still, you know, it's still a year. Then the FDP, you know, that Zev or I get, yeah, it's Magpul Zev now Yeah, have been working on this year. They didn't have it in the glass case. So I was able to get some good footage and pictures of it. Did but, they let you touch it? Yeah. So they actually, they brought it down off the display for us. We got a couple good clips of, uh, you know, the deployment flicking so, it out. It's, what? it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, that one's cool because it gets, it, it, it get Instagram points because you can like flip it down and it's like kind of ready to go right after that. So it looks cool for sure. Okay. But I don't, I still don't, they've been cock teasing us for years on that thing and I'm just ready for it to come out already yeah. because I just want to shoot it. <laughs> I know. Right. So I'm kind of annoyed because I went over there and they had some guy that was working it and I was like, can I try it? And they're like, no, there's still, this is still a prototype and there's still some parts that get stuck. And, but I wonder if it's probably because they're like, oh, you're just a dumb girl and you don't know how to, what buttons to press or something. Cause they wouldn't let me yeah. do it. I'm going to have to hit up Dwayne lip tech and be like, dude, what the hell? Yeah. What yeah, the yeah. hell? Cause I was like, well, see, Oh, this will be good. But you know what? Screw them because I got better footage of the ounce pistol that <laughs> nobody else did. So screw it whatever you need uh the, uh, something i noticed this year there was far less drink stations on the shot show yeah. floor this year. Maybe, maybe everyone needed to be greased up a little bit more yeah right i actually it's funny you mentioned that because i was thinking the same thing but i also was like well so i was thinking about it because memories in my snapchat comes up and so it was like this time i don't know six years ago and we're getting bloody marys on the shot show floor then we're getting beers and like i used to have so much fun nobody knew who i was i could act like an idiot i was with my friends we didn't run into people i didn't have to stop every like few minutes and talk to people not to say that i hate that because it's great to see my friends but yeah i didn't know anybody so i could literally just like cover all of shot show like in one day and it was just a lot of fun and we would just be drunk <laughs> so it was yeah. great uh but now i don't know i also don't think i would feel okay walking around with a beer in my hand just because i feel like i have a certain image like i don't mm, want to be yeah, like a yeah. drunk That's girl true. you know like or somebody who's like trying to I don't know. I mean, it was bad enough. So I got a picture with Donald Trump Jr. And then he ended up following me on Instagram, which uh -oh. I was like, oh, yeah, you're in trouble now. Right. You're you're you're, you're in the pocket of a politician. Right. So <laughs> I don't know that much about him, but there was a few people that were like, oh, he's a coke addict. And like, I've heard a few things, whatever. And I was just like, well, maybe he just likes the way it smells. And uh, That's some, better than meth, like the other one. Right. I don't I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, God, at this point, pick your poison. But I was like, look, I'm not advocating for drugs, but I'm like, I'd rather, you know, a public figure who maybe snorts cocaine and likes gun versus somebody who's trying to take my guns away. I mean, unfortunately, this is where we're at right now. It's like, well, a cokehead. 
<laughs> or, you know, somebody who's like doesn't even do drugs, but they're freaking mental and they don't understand, you know, like all the implications of all the stupid policies that they want to put on us. Yeah. And they want to take our guns. So I don't know, whatever. But I forgot yeah. where I was going with that. Well, I mean, that's kind of uh, it might be a good segue into the political things we've been talking about. TFB doesn't do politics, but that doesn't mean we're ignorant of them. But the biggest thing I think this year that a lot of people were buzzing about uh, is what happened right before SHOT Show yeah. uh, with the race ruling yeah. from the so ATF. I'm dying to talk about this because yeah. just as I was going, I was on the plane and I was heading to Las Vegas. Usually on the plane, everybody who's going to Las Vegas around this time, they're all gun industry people. And the two guys that I was sitting next to, they were like reps for a different company. The people in front of me, they were like buyers or something. I don't know. But anyways, I ended up like, basically educating like half the plane telling them i was like don't do anything because they're talking about the stupid brace thing and i was like do not do anything there's one idiot who was like i'm so excited because i'm literally going to sbr all my stuff free, all SBR free this. sbr free yeah SBR. and i'm like dude it's a trap yeah and that's what i said i'm like you're like you're a fucking idiot and even the people that were sitting next to me, they're like, God, what an idiot. And I was like, I know. And he was just like one jackass out of everyone else on the plane. But what occurred to me is that there are a lot of people, even if they are in the gun industry and they're aware of all the bullshit the ATF is always trying to pull on us, they're still excited about it. They think this is like an opportunity, like they're giving out free tax stamps. And There's now's the perfect time. There's going to be a lot time. of people up on charges for felonies because they submitted those. It's... So what is going on? Because I know um, there's there's been a lot of things, a lot of discoveries within this week. And me being, you know, just Luke and I've been super busy. So that's why I figured I'm like, you've stayed on top of it. So enlighten all of us. What's going on? Yeah, Uh, I'll back up just a little bit. So when they proposed this rule, it had the worksheet 49999. And that basically was this point system of how you can determine if you have a illegal SBR, Mm -hmm. which as we all know, everybody who commented, it was completely arbitrary, subject to discretion of whatever agent was looking at your form that you had filled in. And, you know, we all knew that there was going to be any way that they could declare that anything was an SBR. They said, because of all the feedback about that, that they decided to make it more clear. Well, Basically, oxymoron. Yeah. They, so they threw out the worksheet and now basically just everything's an SBR. So there's a whole bunch of stuff added in, but they kept all the complicated language and definitions from that worksheet in there. And the whole rule is 293 pages and completely arbitrary BS. And one of the things about this thing is in there, Direct quote from it, any firearm that is designed or redesigned, made or remade, and intended to be fired from the shoulder will be considered an SBR. So they lied to us a couple of years ago and they said it didn't matter that you shouldered your brace. Right. They've been lying from the very beginning. Yeah, and and all those but, letters that SB Tactical man, got. <laughs> man, the government lied to me. I'm I'm shocked. We, we, shocked, we, we, we shocked gave you a letter you. that said this was fine. <laughs> yeah. No, it's been illegal the whole time. And then another one that says, whether the surface area that allows the weapon to be fired from the shoulder is created by a buffer tube, 
receiver extension, or any other accessory component or other rearward attachment that is necessary for the cycle of operations. So a buffer tube, basically. What is the... Yeah, exactly. A buffer tube itself, which is essential to the operation, can still be shouldered. What what about a Picatinny rail on the back of a BRN 180? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Basically, they have made it so that, oh, can it take it? Yeah. Okay. Straight to jail. Straight Does to it, jail. Is it an important? Yeah, straight to jail. You know, right to jail. <laughs> no, 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 stops. Straight to jail. Shoot your dog. You're going to jail. I, and I think the most alarming thing for me about this is, yeah, we get it right. The ATF is always going to be trying to shove stuff down our throats that we want nothing to do with. Right? We just want to be left alone. Right? We're yeah. not. We're not. We're not a bunch of criminals. We're not yeah. a, a, a merry band of criminals going around like robbing banks and shit with yeah. our super secret, you know, ten point five inch ARs or whatever. You know, I think the 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 alarming thing for me is the. I'm there's a a wild bit of disagreement in the gun community about what to do about the situation because yeah. I think the ATF yes. has essentially just pigeonholed us into infighting, and the problem is is like you know you got your people who are like oh sweet. Uh, I get a free SBR and they're like instantly jumping on board. Like I'm going to register my legally owned firearm. Yeah. That was not an NFA item up until now. And I'm going to. The, the chances the, are it well, wasn't even registered to begin with. Yeah. The they're, problem they're I have. Try to. The real bad problem with that is what they are saying is you are in possession of an item that we are now saying has been illegal this entire time. In other words, you are a felon. You've been a felon from the beginning. What we said before doesn't matter. You are guilty of a felony. We want you to register, well, to file to register it. We'll tell you if it's actually okay. But with the loopholes that they have in it, there's going to be a whole lot of those people that they're going to get denied. And in order to file for that free tax stamp, you have to give them evidence it shows exactly what you've got. Yeah. And they want photos of it and everything. Yeah. And that's, so when this first dropped, there's, you know, a few, uh, you know, gun attorney channels that started commenting and, you know, they jumped into, okay, how do you comply? Because, you know, we're lawyers, we, you know, show you how to follow the law. So they immediately jumped on how to file. It's hang on a second, dude. They are saying all of the people you are advising to file are guilty of a felony right now, period. And you are saying they should submit evidence of that to the government that we know is acting in bad faith. That is horrible legal advice. Yeah. If my attorney told me, yeah, give them evidence of your dude, you're fired. So, so those so, who fall in that camp of like, hey, I'm going to just get my take my free tax stamp, they're being wildly misinformed. Mm-hmm, the verbiage, exactly. the verbiage in their ruling is actually not a free tax stamp; it's a tax abatement, which, yeah, in legal terms, means the ATF can retroactively come back and tell you to pay that $200 tax stamp at any point in time down the road. Right? Yeah, you're not getting the government. When is the government ever? Nothing's free. Not pay taxes, right? Yeah, nothing's (laughs) ever. There's no free lunch. Yeah, and there's another big caveat with that. That free tax stamp only, well, the abatement, because like you said, they could come back for it at any time. Only applies if you file it as an individual, right? If you want to put it on a trust, yeah, you have full SBR, full SBR. So, 
they're doing that deliberately because they're expecting, oh, you know, all these people that don't really know the NFA very well, they're just going to file them all individually. Yeah. And then we have a date when those people die, we can collect these. I'm guessing they're going to be trying to change rules before that even happens so that they could get them sooner. But what this is, is this is their attempt at a mandatory mass registration of 40 million firearms that they can sunset easily. Well, it's not even that. I mean, like just based on the ATF's own rules, if say, let's, let's say they're conservatively is, Oh, I don't know what I want to say because there's the numbers probably be higher. Let's say there's like a couple million braces and every single person who owns one registers all of them. The ATF is already bad enough at processing paperwork mm-hmm. for stuff that I exactly already have. Like, I mean, I have like two form fours out. I have a form one in process right now and I'm an inpatient person, but it's been a while. Right. So yeah. how is the ATF going to process millions of SBR stamps? And then I think there's even language in their current regulations that if one is not approved within a certain amount of time, yes, it automatically expires. And so like, how is the ATF with their limited, you know, capacity to process paperwork going to process millions and millions of, you know, you know, SBR it, it's stamps. impossible. And in my opinion, it is a hundred percent deliberate mm-hmm. because yeah. conservatively, you know, you say 2 million. Estimates it's, it's are a up, lot more than that. To, so it's a, it's a hell of a lot on, more than on top of everything that's already in in their queue right now. So yeah. I know and, and I, one I manufacturer. Last... One manufacturer alone told me they sold about forty to fifty million. Yeah, so, it's I mean, it's yeah, going to be it's, it's significant. And there's so many more than that. So yeah. it's we can never count the number of them. I mean, there's so many of them out there. Mm-hmm. But so I think I read it was something like nine hundred and twenty-two thousand ish were processed over the last i can't remember it was like two or three years not even mm-hmm. one year and if you know conservatively whatever estimates you want to do you say okay they are legitimately trying to actually process these and you maybe have eight minutes per form which there's no way they're ever going to be that efficient yeah one and of, one of the figures i saw from an estimate was like 69 years with the amount of people that they have to do this that it would take them to process it. It's this, impossible. And they're is, expecting everyone to be done in 120 days. You have 120 days to get this <laughs> in. And so one of the things you brought out is if it's in process a certain amount of time, it's automatically denied. Yeah. After yeah. 88 days, you 88 get an auto denied. But then they still have you your information. And they still now have they their know. information. Yep. And this came out at SHOT Show. GOA had some attorneys there questioning them on all this stuff. And when that 88-day period closes, you're auto denied. You are in possession. You've given them proof of your felonious illegal SBR. They have on camera one of the directors there saying, we will go to enforcement. Mm-hmm. That means they're kicking in your door, guns drawn, to take your weapon that you gave them so, information proving it's illegal. So what should we they what should we tell illegal. people to do? Because also I had a few people and they're like, well, can we just take the brace off our pistol and just put it away so, for right now? So this is something that I was really disappointed in those firearm attorney guys. The only 
good legal. Well, there's the legal thing because what they're doing is completely illegal. We all know that. But legal protecting yourself standpoint, what people, the best, safest option for them is take it off, but that's not enough. You have to also destroy the brace. Yeah. Oh, God. No. no. So, yeah. Except for what about all the people that destroyed their bump stocks and now they're not illegal anymore? Exactly. So one of the things. But I guess you could always just numbers, say, you know, somebody comes knocking on your door. Yeah, I destroyed them. Well, if they're coming on your door because they know you've got them, you know, then they're probably going to have a warrant to search. So I think that's, that- that's a whole nother thing. This specific situation has made so many waves and I've I've had a lot of conversations about it over the week, but I think we, I talked a little earlier about the one extreme side of the spectrum where people are uh, chomping at the bit to reg, you know, quote unquote, get their free tax stamp. But Mm -hmm. on the opposite side of things, I think there's an equally alarming attitude that's taking place. And I'm as far from a statist as you you can get, but I also don't want to go to jail and I don't want to be shot for doing something that I can easily avoid, right? So mm-hmm. on the opposite end of the spectrum, a lot of people are like, dude, just mass civil disobedience. The problem I have with that, I would normally agree with that, but the problem with that is that there's a smart way to do civil disobedience. And right now everyone's just, you know, throwing caution to the wind, just saying, don't register it, right? They're giving us 120 days to register these things. It's impossible for people to comply, even if they try, though, because that system, right. you have to file these through e-form. That system over this weekend is already crashed and there haven't been that many filed yet. So there is literally no way that even a fraction of those will get through the system. Now, they're saying that once you have it, in there, as long as you submit it within that time frame, you are okay. But they will never get to it. That eighty-eight. But you're not. Is gonna hit, but even if you submit it, you're not okay if you exactly. get it exactly because then it's not going to process, and then they already know what you have, and they're going to come knocking on your door. Exactly. Yeah. But there's another caveat that we found. Frack found this over the weekend. Is They are basically saying any foreign-made pistol that has a brace is completely illegal and that it was illegally made when it was. They are retroactively considering those all rifles and short barrel rifles. They do not meet the criteria. The way they were imported was wrong, and it's in violation of 922R. And they don't allow importing short barrel rifles, period. So according to them, there is no way whatsoever to turn one of those into a legal SBR. So every single one of those must be destroyed or surrendered. Do they honestly think people are going to just give them their HKSP5s, you know, spendy guns, and they want them to just hand them over. Yeah. And then they are deliberately provoking a very, very bad situation here. Yeah. They're basically the forcing people. At. They're basically forcing people to begrudgingly register something that they were 
perfectly legal to own a couple of days ago or like a week ago, uh, and which at and in many cases surrender. Yeah, surrender it because it's no path. Let's let's look at it from a practical standpoint. The ATF literally does not have the human resources capacity to process all these things. And on the converse side of things, civil disobedience is great, right? Like say, like the entire gun community goes, F U ATF, we're not gonna register any of these, right? Come, come get us. The problem with that is like who's gonna take the first hit? If if civil disobedience is going to be the thing, the serious conversation that needs to happen is who is going to set up the legal civil defense fund for the people who get pinned for that shit, right? That's what scares me because I'm all for like, you know, just throwing the middle finger to the ATF and saying like, look, you told me this was fine earlier. You cannot retroactively create legislature to tell me what I have yeah. now is illegal without giving me a reasonable way out of the situation. And right now what they're doing is they're, like you said before, it's a trap. Like, 120 days to register, which it's not going to happen. 88 days till expiration, which is likely going to happen with the amount of, you know, paperwork they have to process. It's this whole thing's a, a clusterfuck. And I, what I really want is I want the gun community to come together and provide people with a sane approach to the situation mm-hmm. so that everyone is not panicking That's- on either side and just going, Oh, I got to register my gun right now. Yeah. Or fuck or- the ATF. Come, come and take it, right? Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, the at sentiment, the end of the right? day, that's all more power to you. But I don't go to fucking jail over this. Yeah, shit. yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, majority of well, gun the, owners are we're all law-abiding citizens. Like we're in this yeah, because yeah. we follow the law, and we, and that's why I'm like, I'm so irritated that ATF is coming after us because your job is to go after the people like criminals with guns, not to come after law-abiding citizens and to turn them yeah. into criminals overnight. Like, what is that doing? We're, you know, I mean, do like people that I know that work in ATF, like they signed up to, you know, to keep crime off of streets and to keep guns from falling in the wrong hands. But this is like they're now they're using all their resources to come after us, which we all own our guns legally. Yeah. Yeah. We've always been law abiding citizens. So it's and and, and honestly, I think that is deliberate on their part. Absolutely. Are trying to provoke people into shooting back when they come and try to take them yeah because they want to brand us it's not smart either criminals exactly but they want to brand us all lawless criminals so that they can have a justification for mass confiscation Mm -hmm. yeah so like you said luke 100 the gun community has to unite on this yeah that's the only way i mean so then doing millions of doing what what are we supposed so, to do? What do you recommend? We, that's the thing. I don't, that, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I'm not smart enough or legally powerful enough, or I, I don't have the, you know, the funding or the backing to do what I want to do, but so, I, I want someone to find a metered approach to this instead of just taking the clickbait title yeah. that you're going to see on every yeah. single YouTube video about this yeah, and yeah. being massive disobedience or like, okay, well quick, quickly register your thing. So you don't lose your, you know, your pistol braces or yeah. your, your SBRs or whatever. There has to be a smart way forward. And I, I think the gun community will, the so, information will come out, but I don't know if, how quickly it's going to happen. And I don't know if it's going to happen before the 120 days are up because like it, I'm personally yeah, waiting for someone to be like, Luke, you, cause I have a lot of braces, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that, like I have been in the gun industry for a while. I'm, you know, you're inevitably going to run into braces because they're an integral part of like our American mm-hmm. gun industry because of, you know, the loops we've had to jump through over the last couple of years just to have access to innocuous like i mean oh wow my barrel's one inch shorter yeah. than six yeah, inches exactly. okay, which is just stupid yeah. no other country in the world has that retarded rule 
Yeah. Isn't that isn't isn't that that nuts? How like we on the in 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 on the planet, the United States has the best gun laws still. I think right, but with very specific items like suppressors, mm-hmm. SBRs, barrel length restrictions, or how the receiver or what the registered component of the firearm is is just baffling like who came up with these rules like the pressure bearing component i think personally should be considered the firearm because that's the thing that can fire the bullet right that's the thing that generates you know it's the dynamo for the firearm and so i i think europe has that on lockdown suppressors in most of europe are now deregistered so they're like any other off-the-shelf accessory sbrs are just well it fires a rifle cartridge so it's an sbr but we don't care because you really not i mean are you really going to conceal it doesn't change change the lethality you know having a stock on it makes it harder to conceal not easier so yeah yeah we all know the nfa is stupid something needs to be done on that but the gun community we got to come together thankfully there are some organizations that are on this Rack is one of them. GOA is one of them. FPC is yeah. one of them. I know and they're I, all working feverishly on legal challenges for this. So the rule, it was announced Friday. They signed it into law. Hasn't been officially published in the registrar. Register, yeah. We have that to wait till it goes on the register. probably happen mm-hmm. this week. So that will start that 120-day ticking clock. I think... Immediately within a few days, we'll have FRAC, GOA, FPC, and hopefully maybe some others filing their lawsuits. They're going to be very thorough, I know, in filling this out because we have to have you know very clear definitions legally as to why what they're doing is illegal. It mm-hmm. violates so many parts of U.S. law, actual law which ATF has no authority to write. Mm-hmm. Right. They are enforcement only. This legislation through rulemaking is illegal as hell. Yeah. They know it. They just got their butts handed to them in the bump stock case in the Fifth Circuit. That is going to have to go to SCOTUS because we've got split decisions between circuits. And from what we've recently seen in SCOTUS, I mean, the EPA case alone says that they cannot do what they're trying to do. They cannot make laws like this, which is what they've effectively done. Mm -hmm. So legally, we have a very good standing. The problem is it's time consuming. Yep. (laughs) I mean, Uh, it's taken years for the damn bump stock case to get to where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to be a little selfish show real quick because this is a related topic, but I'm actually moving back home to Oregon in a couple of weeks and everyone's calling me insane because if you've been paying attention to the political sphere of the gun industry, Oregon is a hotbed of, I mean, basically take what's happening in the country and double it. That's how hard they're coming after Oregonian gun owners. And Oregon they basically have everything they, they did for Oregon on Washington's docket for this year too. So I'm in the yeah, same and that's been was the thing growing up in Oregon. Everyone thinks we're you know just like some you know everyone there is a leftist. Everyone's super left leaning and everyone hates guns, but really it's just no. it's, the it's, just it's Portland, yeah. Yeah. it's Portland and Eugene and the rest of Oregon. And it's it's a beautiful country. There's tons of public land, which is this is the part that's pissing me off is because measure 114 essentially makes shooting on public land 
boring as hell, right? They're banning 30 round magazines. They're limiting you to 10 round magazine capacities. But just like with any federal case, as soon as this like law got signed in and approved, it won by a very slim margin. Like I think the the vote in favor was 50.6%. And so it won by 0.6% of a vote, which just means that I'm gonna I'm gonna admit this. I don't live there, so I didn't help at all. But Oregonian gun owners, you, you need to get out there and you need to actually vote on this stuff because if you're losing gun battles by a slim margin and mm-hmm. now we're in the middle of a massive legal battle, like the Oregon's Firearms Federation is, you know, went ahead with it. Luckily, FRIC, uh, GOA, and the FPC have all come to help support that too. So, I mean, yeah. as gun owners, we have a lot of battles on our hands, not just on the federal level, but on a state level too. Absolutely. And that's the thing. They're coming at it on all angles from every state. Washington, one of the things that they're trying to push is removing the state preemption law so that then every town could have their own rules, which yeah, uh, they're coming at us from all angles and we have to be united, which is something that we're not good at. Mm-hmm. I think, well, I, and I, I think the, the good thing is everyone understands that it's, it's a bad situation, right? It, like, you know, we have a, what is more or less a rogue government agency who probably has every, all three of us in this conversation, all of our names are probably on a list somewhere <laughs> because, oh, we're on you know, we're, because we're in the firearms industry. Right. But the thing is like, we're known entities, right? They've probably researched our lives to hell and back and they know we're not a threat. So like, it's like, who are we going to go after? Who, who's our patsy, right? So there, it's there's a lot of work to be done. I do think, though, the positive thing for us is that we're still a nation of laws, right? As dark and the as law things is look, on our side. The law is on our side, right? We have a legal right to carry and bear arms in this country, and the states, you know, they have they can you know make their own rules and regulations. But I think most people are waking up to the idea that like. Even when the government tries to shove st- stuff like this down our throats, we, you know, we've got the legal system on our hands. And that's why, you know, I got to tip my hat to the FBC and the GOA because they've been putting in their work the last couple of years to kind of make sure crazy stuff like this, like, you know, never yeah. sees the light of day. Like it may get on the books briefly, but they're usually they're pretty having good a lot of success preliminary fight. injunctions. Yeah. 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 And I, I think yeah. I seriously do think measure 114, the only reason I'm still moving there is because. Uh, that's where so your parents are. It's, they have uh, it's where the rest of my family is, but you're going to live in your parents' basement. Uh, actually it's going to be your mom's basement. But <laughs> same thing. <laughs> no, but the FPC and the GOA have basically halted measure 114 in yeah. Oregon. It's going to be an illegal battle for 10 years, Yeah. but right now we're quote unquote safe for the yeah. time being. Yeah. I'm going to take a quick break. Talk about IWI. Did you have a chance to check out the Carmel? Yes, I did. And um, I'm quite impressed with it. Uh, I'm glad that they are taking a step into the, I mean, I don't want to like say it outright, but like it's kind of like, you know, the BRN80 uh, design language, but it's a fully ambidextrous rifle, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. 
And then they're so, also, uh, they took it a step further by, because they, they already produced this in Israel, but now they're yeah. going to be bringing it to the U.S. and making it in-house in Middletown, Pennsylvania, which really funny. I didn't realize that it wasn't public knowledge that they were doing this. And when I had Grand Thumb on the show two weeks ago, and we were talking about what we thought, you know, we'd see at SHOT Show. And I was like, speaking of IWI, they're coming out with the Carmel. And apparently that episode was all over Reddit and people were like, hell yeah. And I was the one, the whistleblower on it. I was the one who told everyone. And then the CEO of IWI messaged the marketing guy, my contact, and my contact messaged me the video. And I was just like, yeah, that's cool. And he's like, no, it's not cool. It's not public knowledge. Now I have to jump on the <laughs> call with the CEO. He's like, now I have to go on a Zoom meeting with Israel and tell them like what happened. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> you bullied IWI to bringing it to Strat Show is essentially what you're telling me. Yeah, basically. Uh, so <laughs> when I saw Jeremy, who's my contact there, and I was the one who got him in trouble. I gave him all the peace offerings. I was like, here's candy. Here's Dunkaroos. Here's some nerds rope, which those that candy is amazing. Some, I don't know, take five candy, Hershey's cookies and cream. I gave him everything, you know, and I, Man, I think, if you were in Las Vegas, you should have bought him like a, one of those tall drinks, you know, the, the crazy mixed drinks too. Yeah, I should have, you know, I, the whole maybe, nine I'm, yeah, the whole nine yards. With, with, with the umbrella. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. yeah, the, yeah. The little if it doesn't come with the little umbrella, no deal. You're so, still in trouble. <laughs> but I'm really excited. They are going to be sending me a caramel, even though you know I I threw them under the bus a little bit. So it was good publicity. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, you know, yeah. sometimes, and it was only a week right before Shot Show, yeah. so it's not like and, I blew and, and the what whistle. gun doesn't get leaked these yeah, days? Yeah, true, absolutely. If anything, it just created some spark. But all I care about is I'm like, wait, am I am I Reddit famous? Because it was all over Reddit. <laughs> Yeah, if I could say anything negative about shot shows, that I do wish companies would wait till the show to unveil their stuff. Because I had there's a lot of companies that revealed stuff like the day before or like two days before shot show, and while the rest of the world gets to enjoy like the reveal, right? right. I don't. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> because yeah. I'm traveling or I'm like you know like packing all my stuff to go to shot show, and like that you know it's my job, right? So I have a vested interest of like and having the release at the event I'm going to because it gives me work to do. And yes, yeah. but I do wish that more companies would release stuff at shot and let us know about it. Right. But I suppose like we're seeing a little bit more of a turn, like, uh, like you're finding about stuff uh, about stuff early Ava, because you, you know, you're like me, you go to media events yeah, and you get to touch this stuff and shoot it beforehand. So you can make an informed, you know, opinion on it and give them feedback before they bring it to market. And perhaps like, you know, cause these companies are busy engineering rifles, pistols, aftermarket accessories we're the ones who are talking to the viewers right the people who shoot and buy these guns so like i get why they want to have us at, to these events to to talk about them so they can refine them before they get roasted by the the community at large yeah yeah right yeah so anyways the caramel uh it's not it's missing an a it's not caramel caramel and caramel it's, it's the caramel caramel yep <laughs> yeah. it's a short stroke gas piston rifle with locking rotating bolt system made in the u.s uh, mlock foreign has the b5 system grip the caramel specific trigger group not compatible with like ar-15 triggers the folding stock makes it look cool two position gas regulator it is fully ambidextrous so for those who are left-handed msrp is 1799 dollars and can't wait to get my hands on it. I think it'll be a little while. I don't think that they're releasing it like in the next month or something. Don't uh, quote me. I 
think um, our buddy we talked to at the booth when we did the video for it, uh, I think it's quarter two. Yeah. Or second, he said second, either second half of 2023 or quarter two 2023 is what he was saying. Okay. So, yeah. So it's, well, we won't have it in hand tomorrow, but it's actually not that far away. So head on over to IWI.us, check it out. If you find any accessories in the web store, don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15 for 15% off. And that is all one word. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see it. There was something kind of interesting that I saw pictures of. It's called the Zenk RZMK357. And it's a bullpup revolver. So, unfortunately, they didn't actually have an actual gun there. They only had a 3D printed prototype of what it's going to look like. So, to me, that's kind of worrisome. Probably means they're looking for funding, investors, and it's right. probably not going to actually happen. But there's a few things about it that looked pretty cool. So, basically, the cylinder is at the very back of the gun. So, it's a rotating cylinder, but it's also enclosed in a completely closed case so oh i just clicked on the picture me that says hey is there possibly another actually suppressible revolver in the future maybe because you know the cylinder gap and yeah gas escaping i'd love to see something that's not a nagant revolver with a Mm -hmm. 28 pound trigger pull that you could stress (laughs) So <laughs> I actually had someone, I posted a, 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 an Instagram story with a suppressed Nagant revolver and I had my finger on the trigger and someone's like, oh, that's really dangerous. I'm like, well, first of all, we're on the shot showroom floor. Right. And second of all, it's a Nagant revolver. So the possibility of me having an AD with it in a, a completely disarmed situation is hmm. next, yeah. like beyond mm-hmm. zero. It's a, it's like a, like a 12 or 13 pound trigger. Pull right. Oh, no, 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 no. It's way more than that. Literally. Like 21 pounds I, I or something. Have, I, have, I have measured them. And the lightest one I've ever seen was 26 pounds. Most of them are around 28. Yeah. I need to get on trend to pull that trigger very regularly. <laughs> yeah. You, you really need to do your workouts and, and it hurts too, because it's a really thin trigger. Yeah. Wow. I'm just looking at this gun. It's definitely interesting. Uh, so the Zank is, I think the Zank is interesting because they, they, I think they're, they're planning on making one with a pick rail on top of it, which the only other company who came out with an optics ready uh, revolver this year, I think, was Taurus with their at uh, their 856 revolvers. They have optic rails on them now, but I like that Zank is bringing back the idea of the bullpup revolver because we haven't seen one since like the 1800s. I think I think there was yeah. uh, the Jacob Shaw revolver um, that was in the mid 1800s. You know, around the Civil War. And then there was an Italian company around the same time that came out with one. And I think the latest was, I think it's called the Mars revolver or something like that. And that came out in like the 1980s and um, they marketed, that was supposed to be for astronauts, right? Like they wanted yeah. to, you know, the early space force designs. And so they wanted a bullpup revolver for it, but all these things were like one-offs and this thing's a production pistol, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be a standard light item that people, people can pick up. It's not a collector's item yeah. anymore. Yeah. And the idea is that it would be a concealed carry gun. So they've made it fairly small, double action, everything's enclosed. So there's no uh, possibility of anything getting pinched. So like I said, it was 3D prototype. So whether we'll see it actually come to fruition or not, I don't know. 
but it's innovative. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's kind of cool to see at least. Yeah, it's going to be a little limited because it's a brake top design. Uh, you can't speed load it with a uh, yeah a moon clip or anything like that. But it, it will eliminate. I mean, honestly, if the, if it's sealed enough. And they come out with a thread barrel version. Boom, send it. I'll, I'll buy exactly. one because, like, I mean, because the, if they're accounting for the cylinder gap with the the way it's close, it's enclosed, right? Because it breaks from the top, and then the cylinder gap is covered by the frame of the pistol. So you ideally shouldn't have any of that gas escaping and you know cutting holes into your hands. But yeah. if they can add a, a threaded barrel version with the optics mount, I mean, it'll be a fun range toy that I'd be willing to pick up. Yeah, totally. Yep, same. Okay, so wrapping up SHOT Show Talk, one thing that I I just want to end it with is I noticed attendance obviously was a little bit better than last year. It was like probably double, but it definitely, definitely wasn't as good as I remember like from years ago. I mean, I remember I could barely walk. There was people in front of me. I had to get to the other side of SHOT Show. I'm running late and it was like I just couldn't get through the crowd and it still wasn't like that this year. I mean, it was still pretty open, which I'm not complaining about. I like, but I also noticed, you know, that there's still a lot of key players that weren't in it. I mean, SIG, I think they're out for, you know, indefinitely. I think when they chose not to go, they essentially gave up their spot. Notice well, that SIG, SIG does go to SHOT Show kind of. I mean, they go to Las Vegas, but they just host their own range day. Yeah, but they're still not doing, you know, they're not but they're doing not on like the actual, floor. yeah. And then uh, notice Brownells was gone. Or were they there? Uh, Brownells was not at Chacha this year. And then Vortex. Also didn't see them. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, as there's more and more that are not attending. And I'm just kind of curious. It's a really big cost to have. Oh, yeah. We're talking about millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for those bigger ones. I mean, small booths are very expensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big boosts, yeah, it's millions. Yeah. And, and that's just the boost space. That's yeah. not even, you know, when paying you for like your your team's hotels, their food, team's travel. hotels, foods, the booth, those booths are only good for a few years because they're, they're not made of, you know, durable materials. And those booths, I mean, hell, those will be. You I know, keep thinking you're saying booths or boobs. <laughs> I mean, if nope. they, I mean, those are also a good reason. Those to are, yeah. do That's another yeah. expense. Too. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I don't think it's obviously going to end tomorrow, but I do think it's going to be one of those things that's kind of dying off, especially as, you know, as like SIG has their, now their, their store, their range, they could fly people in, host them. And it's still a lot more affordable than I've, any of the, I think we're just seeing the, uh, we're seeing the industry adapt. And um, yeah. yeah, I think because you know, like we're, we're us here. We're technically we're new media, right? We're not print, and we're not mm-hmm. syndicated television. We're we're podcasts and blogs and YouTube channels, right? So true. The industry is sort of changing, and I think that's kind of maybe that's why we're seeing less attendance because people don't have to physically be there anymore in order to get the information and get yeah, you know that's touch true. the product because companies send this stuff out already. But I do still think the biggest benefit of Shot Show is forming those relationships mm-hmm. at Shot Show, yeah. right? Meeting, meeting with people who you've been talking to through email for years or yeah. months about a specific product and finally, you know, walking or, up to them in person with their product and showing them like, hey, I don't like this about this thing or this is really cool, do more of this. Yeah, absolutely. Or even just getting a hold of the people because even if you like contact yeah. them via social media, it's like, thanks for contacting, please email and then you email them and nothing happens. So yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah, Definitely, think- Shot Show is definitely changing, but yeah. uh, we're not we're not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, I think it'll be around a long time. It's just not quite the feverish attendance that it used to be, which <laughs> especially for people looking to actually create content, which is one of the big things that in today's gun world, that one is huge. Getting people, you know, podcasts, you know, YouTube, that kind of stuff that sells more than print in my opinion. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. People, it's where everyone is. Exactly. And people, you know, they follow certain people that they like, that they respect their opinions. They know what they think about stuff. And then when they do these reviews of stuff that they can get their hands on, it's much more trustworthy than just some guy in a print ad that you have no idea who the heck he is. Yeah. Now it's time to wrap up iTunes reviews. We have two automatic Jack titled never miss an episode. Five stars. Ava love gun, funny podcast. I never miss an episode. I'm always amazed at how you make a topic or guest that I might not have an interest in. Totally interesting. I have learned a lot. Really enjoy your guests. Really enjoy the pace and tempo of the show. I look forward to each Monday's episode and I have heard many of your older episodes and will no doubt hear them all. Keep up the great work. Next is Dave, the hunter bringing up the episode 217 five stars up to fourth quarter of 2021 the historic stuff can be difficult to hear on certain levels the guests seem to get better all the time not sure what i will do if i ever catch up feel really bad about the house well let's keep going he's talking about the old house with it flooding <laughs> i'm so glad that's in the past <laughs> all right I say, who do you, I don't know, who wants to pick a winner? I, I say we got to go with Automatic Jack. Yeah. It's, yep. it's his first review. Yeah. Dave, Dave's won a couple of times already. So. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. All right, cool. All right. Want to thank the $25 Patreons who are Corbin, Bonafide, Iraq Veteran, 8888, Sake Holsters, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Callamore, Daniel Lee, Nick Theodosian, Tristan Smith, and Melissa Ridings, and of course, King the Patreon, Jon Snow. And Luke, thanks for joining us. I mean, I figured it would be hard to get a guest right after SHOT Show, but I appreciate you hanging in there. And you gotta grind. Yeah, and hopefully that kennel cough doesn't lead to other other colds, so... Hopefully you just nick it uh, in the butt. Oh, I think we'll be all right. I think we heavily medicated it at SHOT Show. So Good. I think we're, we're on the path to recovery. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys. And also, actually, uh, if anybody does want to watch any of the 80 videos that you guys recorded and feel like they're at SHOT Show, because I know I didn't do a good job, just remind people where they could find the firearms blog. Yeah. If you want written coverage of SHOT Show, you can check us out at thefirearmblog.com. If you want to watch some videos, we have a YouTube channel, TFB TV. And for show-specific coverage, you can catch us on TFB TV Showtime on YouTube. All right. Perfect. Thanks so much, Luke. I appreciate it. Jon Snow, appreciate you as always. And I will Thank see you, you guys. Ava. I will see you guys Thank next you. week. Awesome. Take care. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.